A study found that in the last decade, about a million pangolins worldwide were trafficked for medical and culinary purposes. Several countries in the region also eat or make medicine out of them. Poaching isn't very common in Taiwan, but it still happens. Some traditional Chinese medicine shops still sell pangolin parts, and restaurants in the mountains sell pangolin meat. Hello and welcome to Getting Pacific, where we get specific on trending topics straight from the newsroom at Taiwan Plus. I'm Trevor Tortobasi. And I'm Joey Chow. Today, we're talking about this. A pangolin on loan from Taipei Zoo to Prague Zoo in the Czech Republic has given birth. The baby pangolin was born early on Thursday morning. The scaly armadillo-like animals are native to Asia and Africa. This is believed to be the first pangolin born in Europe. Capitals Taipei and Prague are sister cities, and Taiwan and the Czech Republic have enjoyed warming ties over recent years. Prague's mayor, who has visited Taiwan twice, posted photos of the newborn animal on Facebook and celebrated Europe's first pangolin birth. Yeah, so today we're talking about pangolins. Pangolins. I can't tell you how many times I've said pangolins and people are like, oh, those little birds in, in the Antarctic. No, it's it's uh, pangolins. <laughs> they're these little roly-poly guys. They're, they're adorable. We'll talk a lot about them. But in recent news, uh, political fallout with China resulted in Taiwan deciding instead to send two of its critically endangered Chinese pangolins to the Prague Zoo in the Czech Republic's capital city. And the pangolins have been a huge hit with the public. In 2023, they had a little baby girl, and that made it the first zoo in all of Europe to birth a pangolin in captivity. Yeah, just exactly how excited people got for this. Let's hear from Taiwan-based Czech reporter Jana Václavíková about how these little mammals are bringing pangol knowledge to the public in a very big way. To be honest, before we had pangolins, I would say that like 90 8% of people in Czech Republic didn't really know what pangolins are. So it was when they arrived, people were just like, what? What is pangolins? So, but Prague Zoo has like really good PR. So they introduced them. So slowly people started getting to know them. And when uh, they had a baby, people were like, very like so crazy. And not just in Prague, it was the whole country. I have to really stress that Prague Zoo has really good PR. So what they do every time when some baby is born, they make this competition where you can uh, come up with the name for the baby and then people can vote. And like the name with the most votes is like the winner and then the baby has this name. So they did the same for the pangolin because how the baby pangolin looks like, also the big pangolin. Everyone called it small cone, like pine cone. In Czech, it's shishka. So everyone called it shishka before, and then it won the competition. And right now it's officially pine cone. So yeah, shishka. Uh, and again, I need to stress, we're not talking about Antarctic birds today. Yeah, nobody thinks penguins look like a pine cone. I've also heard pangolins called walking artichokes, I believe. <laughs> There's a ton of uh, great nicknames for these little guys. So yeah, not penguins, but pangolins. They do not slide or waddle on ice. Instead, they live in the tropical forests of Asia or the savannah grasslands of Africa. They're the only mammals that are covered in scales, and they are absolutely absolutely adorable, as Yana has described in the story. Unfortunately, today we're looking at the state of the pangolins, the most trafficked mammal in the world. 
Yeah, because they're so unique, uh, millions of them have been poached from their habitats in Asia and Africa, and they are illegally sold on the black market, especially for their scales. So today we're looking into exactly how it got this way with some perspective from an animal rights activist and looking at what changes need to be made moving forward. But first, uh oh, uh, let me let me check in, Joey, with your pangolin knowledge. Uh, how long do you think pangolins live? Oh, what pangolin knowledge? I've never actually seen one in real life. I've seen pictures, and I'm gonna guess about maybe one meter around there. Oh, okay. How how long they are? No, no. I asked how long do pangolins live? Oh, Although that's a good guess. One meter. <laughs> how long do they live? My goodness, as long as my dogs. So I'm gonna say a hundred. No, I'm gonna say fifteen years. Okay, they are much smaller than your dog, and they do live a little longer than that as well. So oh. um, pangolins can live up to twenty years in captivity. Oh wow! Uh, the world's oldest pangolin on record actually only recently passed away. I think it was in 2021 at the Taipei Zoo here in Taiwan. At the ripe old age of 23 years and nine months, his name was Chuan Pang. In Chinese, that means pango fat or fat golin. <laughs> Way to live 25 years having people call you fat all day. <laughs> I like fat golin. Um, so we're not here to fat shame uh, any pangolins. No, there, uh, no. <laughs> but according to the Taipei Zoo's spokesman at the time, uh, Chuan Pang also fathered more pango pups than any other pangolin on record in the world. So uh, many pangolins previously only lived lived to around 10 years old in captivity because they are very finicky eaters and are prone to getting ulcers from anxiety. They are super nervous little guys. But we're also seeing a pattern here in taking care of pangolins that we didn't know a lot about them. We, we know that they're native to parts of Asia and Africa. They often live alone unless it's mating season. And most pangolin only have one offspring at a time with the little pango pups being abandoned by mommy and becoming independent around two years old. We didn't know too much about their behavior in the wild though. So like we are still learning about them as we hold uh, some in captivity and do research. All right, last question. Which of the following sounds is a pangolin. Oh my gosh, are you gonna make sounds for me or do you have- uh, No, 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 no. Well, I'll make them with my computer. Oh. Here you go. Okay, number one coming up. Okay, that was number one. Hold that sound in your head. Here's number two. I tried to cut these audios to be short because some of them can get pretty squeaky. Um, and here's number three coming up. Okay, and here's number four. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you think it's one, two, three, or four? Which one is a pangolin? I would love for it to be number four, but I am gonna guess number three, which is quite muted, and I hear that pangolins are a very quiet bunch, so I'm gonna say number three. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It was so hard to find reliable sources on what a pangolin sounds like. Every single reliable source uh, when I was doing research said they don't make a lot of noise. Some of them said they can be like, make little grunts or something. I imagine they do make some sounds. The only literal sound I could find from a pangolin was the sound, that third one, which was... <laughs> A pangolin rolling around in the mud. <laughs> so that's not even the sound that they're making with their vocal cords. It, it was technically making sound, though. So yeah, okay. anyway, that, I guess that was kind of a trick question. But yeah, they are very quiet little guys. So the reason they're silent is likely because their whole thing is protection against predators, hence the scales. So one could infer, this is me inferring, that it's in their best interest to not be incredibly loud in nature. But scientists are still kind of studying that. So more importantly and grounded, in fact, is that pangolin's 
more often communicate non-vocally, especially with scent marking. These little stinkers can apparently be pretty smelly. So again, maybe having a unique voice isn't their highest evolutionary priority. Okay, so in addition to all those facts, a new species of pangolin was recently discovered, which would be good news on its own if it weren't for the way in which it was discovered. Mm, yeah, we spoke with Ling Peichen, an animal rights activist who's worked with Taiwan's Wildlife Rescue and Research Center and now runs a Facebook page called Called we Love Pangolins, sharing information about the state of pangolins here in Taiwan and around the world. And I asked her what we already know about pangolins and what was recently discovered. They move slowly and don't have teeth or fangs, so their only defensive mechanism is to roll up into a bowl. They're harmless, and because of this, they survive by only coming out of their burrows at night or in the very early mornings when there are fewer predators. This makes them very mysterious, and humans rarely see them. In fact, in 2023, the IUCN Pangolin Specialist Group just announced the discovery of a new ninth species of pangolin that's never been seen before. Previously, we knew of eight species, four in Africa and four in Asia. This new ninth species is actually very mysterious, its scientific name being, literally, Manis Mysteria. It's mysterious because we actually don't know what it looks like as it was only identified from its illegally trafficked scales. Yeah, so the sad part there is that it was discovered from its scales, which are being illegally trafficked all over Asia and, and parts of Africa, kind of all over the world, but mostly here in Asia. So how did it get this bad? Well. In general, there are lots of reasons wildlife can become threatened or endangered or even extinct. But while most of those reasons can be easily summed up by humans did it, it also goes much deeper than that. The primary threat is habitat loss, which can happen from global warming, loss of food sources, as well as more physical displacement from deforestation or pollution. Um, and as cities develop, more animals are pushed into smaller areas. Uh, like here in Taiwan, the Formosan black bear, which uh, only about 200 to 600 are estimated to be left. So so slowing habitat loss for animals, plants, and even fungus is a very large-scale problem that must be addressed on all fronts. But human development has also brought with it business, which increasingly calls for hunting to meet demands, which has turned many animals into targets for poachers and illegal trade and trafficking. Elephants, for example, are hunted for their ivory tusks, rhinoceroses are hunted for their horns, and pangolins hunted for their scales. Let's hear from Ling Peichen again on where all these kidnapped animals are going. Pangolin trafficking routes and methods are constantly evolving as authorities crack down on them. A couple of years ago, a study found that in the last decade, about a million pangolins worldwide were trafficked to China for medical and culinary purposes. Several countries in the region also eat or make medicine out of them, especially Vietnam. Out of the Asian pangolins, Taiwan's Formosan pangolin is the most numerous. This shows that our conservation efforts have been somewhat successful. Poaching isn't very common in Taiwan, but it still happens. I know some traditional Chinese medicine shops still sell pangolin parts, and I've seen restaurants in the mountains that sell pangolin meat. So, yeah, as far as investigators can tell, the vast majority of pangolins or their scales are sold to black markets in China and Vietnam. Although pangolin meat has also reportedly popped up in small shops and restaurants. But the pangolin poaching business has also grown considerably in Africa. 
Africa, where four species of African pangolins can be found. In fact, Miss Lin told me a story about having been approached by one such poacher on Facebook who literally asked, how would you like it delivered to Taiwan, alive or frozen? She reported and gathered information about this individual to help local authorities apprehend him. But that's a very grim message to receive. Yeah, big yikes. So uh, multiple sources uh, report consistently, shockingly, high numbers of pangolins taken from their habitats each year, with an estimated 200,000 pangolins trafficked in the year 2019 alone. More than a million trafficked over about a 10-year period. So mostly it's for their scales, which are boiled and used in traditional medicine. But pangolin meat has also been called a high-end delicacy in parts of China. Again, yikes, heavy quotes there. Reportedly sold for up to 200 US dollars equivalent per kilogram. Uh, But that is the reality. Some covert operations have managed to intercept pangolin shipments and save some of the animals from international trade. But the massive volume of their trafficking is really tough to control without some government action. And that's not the only thing threatening these little guys. Let's hear from Miss Lin one more time about the other problems facing pangolins in the wild. Another major threat to Taiwanese penguins are stray dogs. When I was working at Wildlife Rescue and Research Center, around 80% of the penguins there had been attacked by dogs. Penguins have a very distinct scent, and dogs can pick it up very easily. But they're not hunting for penguins. They seem to enjoy chewing on penguin scales to grind their teeth. Since penguins only defensive mechanism is to roll up in a bowl, there isn't much they can do other than just let the dogs chew on them. Since baby penguins survive by hanging on to their mother's tails, if a female penguin's tail is heavily damaged, they can no longer raise their young. Yeah, I have dogs myself, and I definitely know their habits. They do things like that. Uh, it's heartbreaking to hear that. So you just heard here, since young penguins basically grab onto their mom's tails to survive. Uh, if moms lose their tail or have them heavily damaged, they can no longer raise young. I also hear that since penguins rely on their claws to dig burrows, if their arms have been badly damaged by stray dog attacks, they can no longer survive on their own in the wild. Now, if conservationists cannot find a zoo that can keep them in, well, they'd have to be, you know, assisted in relieving them from a life of pain. Uh, so Lin Peiton reminds us that in terms of the threat of stray dogs, don't leave food out for them. The dogs, that is. If you really love them, take them home. But leaving food out means that they will gather and breed even more quickly. This goes beyond protecting pangolins, but just as a good measure for avoiding the creation of more lives that cannot be properly taken care of. In terms of poachers and trafficking, Lin Peiton says that Taiwan has an animal rescue hotline 1959, which is not designated for wildlife, but they will be able to transfer your call to wildlife rescue centers or conservation authorities. Now, if you see trafficking operations on social media or on the internet, always report them, or you can reach out on Facebook by searching for the group We Love Pangolins, and our interviewee, Lin Peichen, can help contact related authorities for further legal action. Yeah, and uh, what's next for pangolin conservation? Well, there is more and more hope for these little guys, thankfully. Uh, They are kind of fragile, but I mean, without all this poaching, they would still be living pretty normal lives, I think, at the wild. For example, looking at pangolin conservation, in 2016, more than 180 governments around the world came together to agree 
to end virtually all trade of pangolins, even the legal trade. Uh, and while illegal trade and trafficking has still continued, organizations like the World Wildlife Fund, or WWF, and the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, or the IUCN, are also educating and legislating for pangolin protection. The WWF and the IUCN also founded an organization called Traffic, which is a trade monitoring network which collects and analyzes data on the movement and trade of animals around the world. Uh, in June of 2020, China strengthened its protection of one of its native pangolin species as well, Menis pentadactyla, to the highest level by closing a legal loophole that had still allowed pangolins to be consumed in the country. Uh, China has now also officially outlawed the use of pangolin scales in traditional medicine. At this point, I should say that I really don't want people to antagonize any culture that uses quote-unquote strange ingredients for medicinal purposes. Uh, traditional Chinese medicine, for example, has more than 3,000 years of documented history, and over the years, a lot of its methods, such as extracting herbal chemical compounds to cure certain symptoms, have been proven by today's science. But of course, there are some ingredients that adhere to more tradition than medicine. So according to traditional Chinese medicine documents, pangolin scales are said to increase blood circulation, reduce bruising, or alleviate pain. But maybe modern science has long figured out how to synthesize the necessary chemical compounds to do all of these things. So if so, you know, why keep harming these cute little scaly hamsters and strip them for parts, you know? Yeah, so while we want to stick to uh, the science we know and the science that doesn't hurt these animals, and we get mad at these traffickers, we're not getting mad at countries or cultures, uh, but there are bad people doing bad things, and we're mad at those people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, finally, moving forward to take a quick look back at the pangolins who are actually thriving for a more positive side of the show today. Uh, some of them who are thriving in captivity and helping us understand them more. It was actually really difficult for animal researchers to decipher the actual makeup of the pangolin's diet which is tough because they're finicky eaters, as Trevor said at the top of the show, and many are prone to stomach problems. But caretakers have been relatively successful feeding them some frozen ants, some soy, and a bunch of silkworm larvae. Yeah, you said uh, finicky eaters and prone to stomach problems. I was like, oh, I can relate. And then you said frozen ants. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Taipei Zoo here in Taiwan had one of the most successful pangolin breeding programs in the world. And uh, Prog Zoo in the Czech Republic is now also hopefully paving the way for more pango publicity in Europe. Yep, and according to the Taipei Times, the Taipei Zoo's previous spokesperson, Eric Cao, expressed that despite the zoo's incredibly successful breeding program, captive breeding is still not a substitute for conservation and the protection of wildlife and their natural habitat. So yeah, after all is said and done, uh, Mother Nature is where it's at. Wildlife conservation and conversation about conservation still has to focus on keeping these animals safe in their natural habitats. So uh, looking at what we talked about today, we touched on just what exactly pangolins are, little walking artichokes, uh, little pine cones. They are adorable. If you knew about them already, hopefully you learned something new today. Yeah, and we heard about Europe's first recorded pangolin bred in captivity and a little background on Taipei Zoo's contributions to pangolin conservation education. And we also looked at the dark side of pangolin trafficking as well as what's being done about it. 
Uh, when a zoo is good, it helps educate the public, facilitate humane animal research, and inspire action. But the real change happens when that action is made for the habitats where these animals belong. And not all animals are lucky to be as adorable as these little pangos, but they do deserve our attention. So for today's episode, though, that about wraps it up. Thanks for joining us today. I hope we got Pacific enough for you. I have been Trevor Tordomasi, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Trabotsky. And I am Joey. If you have any pictures of cute pangolins in your country or in your vicinity, you know, share them with us. You can find me with Joey Taipei on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want more news and views from Taiwan and around the world, head on over to TaiwanPlus.com or find Taiwan Plus News on YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. Join us again next time on Getting Pacific. <laughs>